Welcome to the Healthy Ever After podcast. The body is not designed for sickness. It's designed for full, robust health and vitality. Learn how you can live healthy ever after at restoration-health.ca. And now, here's your host, certified holistic nutrition consultant, Patty Fleury. Hello and welcome everyone. This is Patty Fleury from Restoration Health. I am a certified holistic nutrition consultant and this is the premier podcast in my series called Healthy Ever After. In this series, I'm going to be talking to people who have chosen an alternative holistic path to their overall health and wellness. My guests have overcome significant health issues naturally, and they are living vibrant, robust, healthy lives, and I'm really hoping that their stories will inspire you to reclaim your health. I'm very, very excited about my first guest, and I know you will be too. Linda came to see me about 10 months ago now for nutritional services. She was really committed to changing her health, and she had already started juicing, but she was struggling in a number of areas. So there was low energy, there was some nail fungus, candida and yeast, underactive stomach, she had some liver issues, dysglycemia, dry skin, I mean, really the list went on. When I met with Linda, her story was actually quite stunning to me. She had lost most of her family to illness, including her twin sister, and she had gone through a nasty divorce. She was pretty down when she came to see me, but yet underneath all of these issues, she still had this positive attitude and she was committed to taking control of her own health. She really understood the need to be accountable or she was going to end up like her family. So I did my assessment, I provided some feedback and recommendations, and she followed through on everything. Linda was the model client. Within five months, she had made tremendous gains. She had lost a significant amount of weight. She had more energy. She was walking better. Her skin was clear. She actually looked healthier. And at our last meeting in September 2016, I was in awe of her progress. And I was so proud that I'd had some small part in this amazing transformation. And it was during our last meeting where she mentioned she'd found a lump in her breast. Wow. And at the time, I think we both thought, there's no way it's cancer. It can't be cancer. Not, not now. Um, but this was not the case. Linda called me about three weeks later, and she confirmed the lump was indeed cancer. But in true Linda fashion, she took control of her health, and she became the CEO of her recovery. She chose to eschew Western medicine and opted instead for totally natural alternative treatment. So I'm so excited today to speak to Linda about her journey and have her share this amazing story with all of you. So welcome, Linda. Thank you, Patty. I'm so excited you're here today. Me too. Oh my Congratulations gosh. Congratulations on your show. Ah, thank you. I'm very, very excited about this. And once again, what better way to kick off my podcast series than with your story? Because I think it is going to touch and inspire everybody who listens. That's my hope. Okay. Well, I'm so glad you're here. So I want to start by telling the listeners a little bit about your story because your backstory, once again, is remarkable. Um, So we want to know sort of what led you to looking up 
on the internet looking for holistic nutrition services, right? So what brought you back or what brought you to me back in sort of, you're thinking it was April or May 2016? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my father had passed away in uh, September 2015. And so that was my entire immediate family was gone. And my mother and my brother and my sister had, had, had all died too young. Um, and so <clears throat> that it was, it was very hard, yeah. very hard surviving that. But my dad was almost 84 and we were all with him in the hospice when he died. And it was actually beautiful. And um, he had prostate cancer that had spread to his liver. Um, but he died quite peacefully. Um, and so I believe it was because he died differently um, from the rest of my family that, that it enabled me to look at his death and grieve it differently than I did for my mother and my brother and my sister. And I just remember thinking a lot of things, but one thought that I kept coming back to was joy. Hmm. When was the last time I felt joy? And I couldn't remember. Wow. And I thought, I want to know joy again. And it was that simple thought that led to other thoughts hmm. that maybe I could change something. And I was at a client's house one day and she had a vaporizer and I was a heavy, heavy smoker. And I hadn't seen a vaporizer. I didn't know anything about them. And I thought, ooh, that's a pretty good idea. And I actually started vaping because it was so much cheaper than smoking cigarettes. <laughs> and little did I know in two weeks, that I would be off my high blood pressure medication. Just by switching from smoking to a vaporizer. Just, yes. Wow. So I know there's a lot of um, people saying vaporizers are just as bad as cigarettes. Da -da -da -da. But I have done both. And I can tell you, if you're going to quit smoking or just change to a vaporizer because your lungs, it makes a huge difference on your lungs. It made a big difference on my lungs. Um, and so... It was just doing that. And I was not about to quit smoking. I never wanted to quit smoking. I was committed to smoking <laughs> till I died, which is like crazy. And, um, and it was that. It was that I did something I never thought I could do. And that just flung open the doors of possibilities. And so... Again, within a couple, when, well, that was within a couple of days. My taste buds changed completely and I couldn't stand the smell or the taste of meat. And I was a big meat eater. It was like vegetables, no salad. Are you kidding? <laughs> Give me chicken wings, you know, French fries. Yeah, French fries are the vegetable group. Yeah. And, um, and so I was completely stunned. I like, the hell am I going to eat? So I started juicing. I was, saw a documentary on Netflix, Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, <clears throat> and Forks Over Knives. And I thought, well, I'll start with juicing and I'll see if I can figure this thing out. And so I started juicing. And, you know, 
even crazier, I didn't really think I'd lose any weight juicing. I thought, well, I'll see, but I wasn't thinking I'd lose weight. And that was not the goal. It was not the goal. It was like, I don't know what to eat, so I guess I'll juice. <laughs> and so as I kept going along, I, I started feeling really good. And it was another big surprise. Um, shocking, in fact. And I didn't really tell anybody what I was doing because I thought, oh, they're all going to think I'm nuts. But um, And so I just kept doing it. And I just felt better and better and better. And I really looked forward to my juice. I woke up going, I'm going to have some juice. And uh, lunchtime, I'm going to have some <laughs> juice. And so it wasn't like I was starving or anything. If I was hungry, I made some juice. And I just, it was just because I felt good. Because I felt bad for so long. It was stunning to me that I could feel good. I didn't really think I could feel good anymore. Yeah. And so uh, so I juiced for about a month and people started saying, you, you can't just keep juicing. You have to eat something. And I thought, well, what in the hell am I going to eat? I don't know anything about this. I think I'll find a nutritionalist. <laughs> <laughs> so I Googled and your name came up and I called and met you and you helped me tremendously because I really was clueless when I came to see you. <laughs> I was like, what am I going to do? Live on bagged salads from Safeway? Um, so then that was another huge door opening with you and this amazing world of food. And I wasn't afraid of eating. I wasn't afraid of food, you know, before. Um, I'd eat all kinds of ethnic food. I wasn't afraid of trying new things, but but to be a vegan, I would make fun of people like that. Right. Yeah, big time. <laughs> and here I was. Here I was, like, drank the Kool-Aid and loved it. So, um, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, and so when you think about, once again, the timing of the whole thing, yes. you know, going on the internet, finding my name, like, what had to happen to bring us together at the right time, yes. you know, at the right place. Yes. And the fact that you were so open and willing yes. to making change at that point. And I think obviously because you'd had some successes, you know, already with oh, some steps. of those, yeah, yeah, making some of those changes that you were really, when you came to see me, I remember sort of saying like, how open, how willing are you? And you said like, I'm willing to do anything at that point. Right. Yeah. And I know when we met, you were still vaping. Yep. Um, and I believe you were still taking quite a few pharmaceuticals. I had, I think, <clears throat> I had, um, I had stopped my high blood pressure medication, um, and that was with my doctor's consent because my blood pressure was perfectly normal, and that was within two weeks of vaping. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, as um, as I was juicing. It may have been. It may have been the month I was juicing, or just after I saw you. I, I think it was just before I saw you that I quit my antidepressant, I quit the diuretic, and I quit the uh, sleeping pills, and felt fantastic. I would not recommend quitting your antidepressants cold turkey, though. Always discuss with your doctor for all those <laughs> listeners out there. <laughs> Took me a couple months to get my brain back together. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So amazing. But then my doctor, <clears throat> I 
when I told him that I had become a vegan and I'd quit all these things, looked at me like I had a tree growing out of my head and I was the biggest moron on the planet. So he's not my doctor anymore. Oh my goodness, yes. I'm sure that did not go over really well with him. Um, but you know what? I, I always believe that we need to take responsibility for our own health and we need to make choices and decisions that fit with us, right? And so just because the doctor is recommending or suggesting something, you know what? We all need to think about whether or not that makes good sense for, you know, for us and and to our health. Um, And so what made you quit vaping then? I got cancer. (laughs) Oh, so you were still vaping. (laughs) I was vaping. I made a promise uh, and I was happy to vape for the rest of my life. Um, well, actually it was a couple things. Um, so without all the other poisons in the cigarette, um, when I, cause I was just vaping nicotine yep. and it was organic. I was, I actually had an organic e-juice <laughs> and that's how committed I was. And, um, and something interesting happened. I started not enjoying what the nicotine was doing to me after Oh boy, how many years of smoking? I started smoking in 1977 and I'm 54 years old. I started smoking, my twin sister and I started smoking the day Elvis Presley died. Not because Elvis Presley died. We just happened to be in the backyard with a transistor radio smoking one of my mother's cigarettes (laughs) when it came over the radio that Elvis Presley had died. But um, I, I don't like caffeine. It makes me jittery. And I never noticed how jittery nicotine made me. And so I was like, I don't enjoy this anymore. I really don't enjoy this anymore. And so quitting vaping was easy. It was easy. Yeah, there was that intrinsic motivation, you know, that was coming from inside that, you know, it wasn't somebody else pressuring you or telling you, you needed to do this. You knew it intuitively. Yes. This isn't working for me anymore. Yes. So I want to hear a little bit around, um, I mean, this journey, it's not an easy one. And I think many of our listeners might be sort of saying, oh, how could I ever give up my caffeine? How could I ever give up my sugar? Or how could I ever do this? Or that just seems so overwhelming. So you made like some really significant changes. And I mean, certainly you had the motivation. I mean, you'd lost everyone in your family to Mm -hmm. illness and you didn't want that to be you, but I'm just sort of curious, you know, what kept you going on that journey? And because you went through some detoxification kinds of things where you were feeling crappy. So what motivates you to keep going? And like, did you ever sort of stop and think, oh, this is too much. This is too hard. Why am I doing this? No, I didn't. (laughs) I didn't. Um, It was, and and I understood, I, I just... I tuned into my body in a whole different way because I was feeling good Mm. and because I hadn't felt good in so long. And once I knew that was possible, that just, that just expanded my mind. 
And I was listening to my body in an entirely different way. I was not eating emotionally. I was not self-medicating with food, with cigarettes, with alcohol. I was not feeding my grief. I was feeding joy. I was listening to my body in ways I'm not sure I ever had before. And so when um, I was having the, um, the candida die off, hmm. which is, you know, the itchy collarbone, the, well, I, you, I, there's so many symptoms of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's not the most fun, but it was nothing compared to where I'd been. So, and I knew, so yes, I craved sugar, but I knew it was the candida in my mm. gut that was craving the sugar. It wasn't Linda. It was the candida. And it made it very easy for me to separate from that craving that I knew it was false. I knew it was, it was, it was not true that my body said, I need sugar because I have to do something. It was candida going, give me sugar. You're killing me. And I said, you know, screw you. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I mean, once again, that is such a hard concept for people to, to wrap their head around. And I mean, I think for, for you, um, as, as it was with me, when I was, um, changing my diet to overcome my autoimmune disease, I think when you've been sick for so long, and then all of a sudden you get this glimpse of how you can feel, how you're supposed to feel. And you go, oh my gosh, I didn't even know, like you said, I could feel this good. I didn't realize that my body could perform this well. That's really motivating. It is. And it takes very little. It takes so little. The tiniest, tiniest change. And your body gets excited. It's like, oh, thank you. Thank you for that one small nugget. And your story is incredible. And when you told me the first time we met, I knew, I knew I was with the right person. I had found the right person. There was no doubt in my mind that I had been led to you on this journey, for sure. Because it's an extraordinary uh, lesson of healing from you. And where it starts is your thoughts. Mm -hmm. All you need is to change one thought and the rest follows. Sure. It is not a big deal. You don't have to take a class. You don't need to, you don't need to read a book. You just need to change one thought. Well, and as you said, you change that one thought and then that opens the door for some other thoughts, right? And then all of a sudden you've got this new way of thinking and this new way of looking at things, which opens up more doors right so it's it's a real it's a domino effect it is in a positive way it is it is and our bodies are just so willing to support us oh it's a beautiful thing yes and i think you know that you raise a really good point because our bodies want to function in a robust vibrant healthy way they are amazing machines and they are designed to function like like a, an efficient, you know, supreme elite machine. Yes. If we give it 
what it needs, mm-hmm. you know. And unfortunately, I think we have gotten away from that in oh. our current society with our need for instant gratification, our need for convenience, our, you know, quickness, fastness. And so we are feeding our bodies versus nourishing the body. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, kind of filling our pie hole with no thought, and we're feeding our emotions. Oh boy, I I don't I know so few people that aren't feeding their emotions. Mm-hmm. Everybody's feeding their emotions, sure. And it's our and again, our bodies are so amazing that they keep functioning. Yes. not not in the in the most optimal ways, but. Our bodies just keep going and going. It's incredible. Yes, they keep going despite all the abuse we reap upon them every single day um, without really knowing or understanding exactly what we're doing. I mean, like you just sort of said that caffeine made you feel jittery, right? And we know caffeine is a stimulant. It raises cortisol levels. And once cortisol is high, then, you know, the liver is releasing blood sugar. So we're constantly feeling this sort of revved up unnatural kind of energy and yet that's how most people derive their energy if they're feeling low what do they do have a cup of coffee yep or reach for that cigarette or reach for that donut totally you know yes and there's a new normal i've been thinking about this a lot there's a new normal with our eating now because you know um my um, grandparents were probably the last generation that lived on a farm mm. that ate organic, but they didn't call it organic. They called it food, you know? Um, and so the new normal, even for, you know, me is fast food. It is a lot of sugar. It is processed. It is, it's, it's don't think about your food. Mm-hmm. You just, you, and, and I always thought, you know, well, food just goes in your stomach and you poop it out. I never thought about every cell in my body and what I'm putting in does to that. And when you put good food in, it's just a whole different body. It's your same body. But it's, it's, it's a happy body. Yeah. yeah. You know, the analogy I sometimes use is, you know, your car. If you fill it with premier, premier flu, fu, fuel, um, it functions efficiently mm-hmm. and optimally. Versus if you put, you know, vinegar or, you know, uh, <laughs> water or Kool-Aid in mm-hmm. the tank, right? How's the car going to operate? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, you just said... It fuels every single cell in our body, right? Our body needs certain nutrients to survive. And when we deprive it of those nutrients, we will, you know, the body will continue to function, but we will start to see shortcomings and failings. And so people think that's a normal part of life. They think it's normal to have headaches, insomnia, um, you know, colds and flus, ear infections, sinus infections, you know. And as you get older, you just degrade more and more and more. That's just getting old. Mm -hmm. So not true. So not true. Uh, Exactly right. And I mean, all you need to do is to talk to somebody who's actually 
in tune with their body, feeding it and nourishing it well to understand that actually, no, those things are not just a normal process of aging. That's us abusing our bodies. And our bodies are talking to us. They're telling us we're not well. Boy, oh boy, are they ever. Yeah. And And it's not complicated to eat good food. It is not rocket science. You do not need to be a medical doctor. Oops. <laughs> well, yeah. they don't know anything about nutrition. <laughs> um, but seriously, you know, you don't, you don't. It's not rocket science. It's really quite easy. It's it's just about focusing on foods in their natural state. Totally. That's it. Exactly. Really, whole foods. Yeah. Like you say, it it it's not um, complicated. No. Um, it's not um, hard to achieve. No. It's just really about eat your fruits and vegetables. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not that hard. So you have then reclaimed this amazing new level of health. You're connecting with your body mm-hmm. in new ways. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, you're feeling great. You know you're on the right path. Yes. Like you're, you're feeling confident. Mm-hmm. And then lump in your breast yeah and yeah I I just went to scratch an itch and I found a lump and it was quite large and so I thought that's interesting I I I didn't really have a, a lot of emotion around it and quite frankly I wasn't surprised because of what I'd done to my body, mm. um, especially in the last sort of 10, 15 years. It was not surprising to me. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, and so um, I went to bed, thought about it, and I got up early and I called um, the health line. I talked to a nurse. And I said I found a lump, and as soon as I said I found a lump, I started crying. Mm. So that's when it sort of came out. But I was still in my head, I was okay. And so she said, go to urgent care and, you know, talk to a doctor there. So I did. And I saw the, um, excuse me, I saw the emergency room doctor, and I um, took a look at his notes after he was done, and he said he thought he it was a fibroid, and I went, okay, good, fibroid. But he did send me for an ultrasound and a mammogram that day. And so I went, had the mammogram, had the ultrasound. Yep, there was definitely something. And they ordered a biopsy for, I think it was um, October 4th, I think, was the biopsy. So, okay, all right. Still thinking it's a fibroid. Met with you. Mm-hmm. We're both thinking... It's a fibroid. It couldn't be cancer. Um, And so, yep, so the biopsy, uh, not fun. Um, And it it was October 12th that I found out that it was cancer. Yeah. And when the doctor told me, I went, I went to the uh, clinic and uh, he said, yes, it's cancer. And I just, I was just, um, wasn't really thinking anything. And then I got angry. I got really angry. Really angry. And I started thinking about my twin sister who had died mm. of cancer, who had died of a different cancer, soft tissue sarcoma. 
which is uh, a cancer with pretty much no hope, 30% chance of survival. And all that she went through. And it was nine months start to finish. It was a lump on her ankle. Well, who would think that cancer is going to be a lump on your ankle? Yeah. So in February 2009, they amputated just below the knee to try to stop it. Had they done a full body scan, they would have seen that it had already invaded her body. Mm. So the amputation was actually unnecessary. She was in tremendous pain that none of us could imagine. On top of, they didn't know, it's a very rare cancer, and they didn't know what to do with it. So they threw everything at her. The chemo, the radiation, the Oxycontin, the Oxycodone, the every drug, I, the drugs I'd never even heard of. It was the most horrible thing I've ever witnessed in my life. And it fed off the chemo. It fed off the radiation. Mm. She had tumors that would come up overnight. It was like watching her being eaten alive by an alien inside of her. And these tumors would... And, and I'm not talking little bumps. I'm talking huge tumors. It was... I, I, I had no idea this could happen to a human body. And it was my twins. Yeah. And you were powerless. Completely. All of us. Uh-huh. And didn't, didn't know that mm. there was any other way. My beautiful twin, Shirley, was committed to the process. The doctors tell me to do this. I'm going to do this. We're going to do this. If it doesn't work, then maybe we'll do marijuana or something. But we're gonna we're gonna do what the doctors want to do. And you could tell they didn't have a clue. They were scared shitless. Mm-hmm. So it got to the point where they had. She was in so much pain they had to sedate her into a coma. And. Two days later, we got her to the hospice. And an hour after we got her to the hospice, she died. And it was all so horrible, unnecessary. She would have lived longer if we'd done nothing. And when she died, I thought I was going to die too. I really thought when she goes, my heart is going to stop. She's my twin. She's my heart of hearts. She's my beloved. She's my true soulmate. We were born together. And I didn't die. But every morning when I woke up, I was disappointed. I did not want to be on this planet anymore. And it was only because of 
her sons, my two nephews and my father, because I would have committed suicide. But I couldn't do it to my father. I could not do that to my father. He'd lost his wife and his two children. And I couldn't do it to my dad. But my dad was so devastated. He didn't talk to me for a year afterwards because he was terrified that something was going to happen and I was going to die. So he didn't talk to me. So we're both grieving. Grieving. And he won't talk to me. It was horrible. It was horrible. So I knew that I would never submit, ever submit to the regular medical establishment.